Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Hi, everyone. This is Sandy Todd Webster, Ideas Editor in Chief. Today on the pod, I'll be talking with 2019 Idea Fitness Leader of the Year, Trisha Murphy Madden. This will be the first of a two part episode during which Trisha and I dive into the pandemic pivot that the fitness industry has managed over the past year and where she sees things going for fit pros as we move forward. Stick around, it's going to be a great show. Trisha Murphy Madden, are you ready? I am so ready for this. Okay, let's do this. It is so great to see you. So good to see you. It feels like it's been forever, frankly. It has. It ha- I, I guess it has. It's been our last committee meeting, I guess, it was a, a yeah. couple of months ago. We're coming up on a, our next committee meeting really soon here. Yeah. You know, for, for, for those listeners who may not know you as well as your idea family does, please give us a look at the highlight reel of your career and bring us up to date on some of the projects you're working on today. Sure. Well, I started teaching fitness when I was 17 years old. I was um, a student of Carrie Anderson's at a very young age here in Seattle. And of course, if anybody's ever taken anything with Carrie Anderson, you would understand why a dancer like myself would fall in love and immediately see the path to a career in something other than performing on stage. So she sort of opened my eyes originally to something much bigger than trying to make it as a dancer. Not bigger, but different because I wasn't going to make it as a dancer. So that was sort of Carrie's uh, role in my life. And then I started teaching, gosh, as I went to college. In college, I think I taught 28 classes a week and I think I was paid $7 a class or some crazy <laughs> small amount of money. And I taught forever. And then right out of college, I just knew as soon as I had my first job selling pagers, <laughs> that was my first job. I just knew I couldn't go into the corporate world and not be in fitness. I just knew it. So with the help of two club owners here in Seattle, I was able to open my own gym, which was called Puma Kicks and Urban Fitness, which was these two small sort of studio type gyms before studios were studios. And that was sort of what I did for eight or nine years. My family fondly calls that my nonprofit years because I never made a profit. (laughs) We didn't donate any money anywhere. It just never made a dime. But I I sure had a... That's a familiar tune in the industry, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. I just, and I learned so much and I had the opportunity to create content and programming and, and become a presenter in that time as I started to see what consumers needed and wanted in group fitness that really allowed me to develop and hone my skills as somebody who could see, um, trends and somebody who could see what we needed to educate our instructors and coaches and personal trainers on. So that was what I did for numerous years. I closed that chapter of my life and went to work for a couple of clubs here in Seattle and managed health clubs as I had my daughter and did some some uh, other things in my life, sort of the personal stuff. So I, I worked as a group fitness director for several years and then I was Um, partnered up with Leslie Bender and Lauren George as a program creator for a program called Bar Above. 
And at the time, I was already working with a company called Savier Fitness as a master trainer for Mindy Milray's program, Tabata Bootcamp. And at that time, he had really noticed that I was excited about managing group fitness instructors and I was excited about creating content. So he knew that he needed to create a role in his company for someone who could grow his master trainer teams for all of the programs. And gosh, that I think was now maybe six years ago, seven years ago. And, and that role sort of started small and became what it is today. So now I oversee all of the education for Savier Fitness. And I'm still, of course, teaching Bar Above with Leslie and Lauren and really just been able to have that program grow and evolve. We have, I guess we have 4,800 instructors now worldwide, which is really fun and exciting Phenomenal. and a lot, yeah. yeah, a lot of passion around that content. And we've, we've really had tremendous success there and we're launching new programs right now. Uh, we launched Cardio Yoga with Stacey Lee Krauss, and we've launched Extreme Hit Chaos with Mindy Milray and Carolyn Erickson and Ayla Donlin. And we've just been able to bring the experts to the table. And now we're just able to do what we did with Bar Above with different types and styles of programs. So that's sort of my my day job. My other passion, of course, is I'm I'm everyday teaching. I taught this morning. I, I have taught my whole life. I, I can't imagine a time when I won't be teaching. I may take breaks. I may shift how I teach, but nothing feeds me quite like teaching fitness classes and creating content. And then my other passion now is I somehow become the guru for how to live stream produce uh, great content <laughs> for consumers. <laughs> and I didn't necessarily mean to do that, which sort of leads us into COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I first want to remark on, you know, just the, the wealth of, of rich talent that you've been associated with over the years. And, you know, whether those were you know, just serendipitous breaks for you to be associated with certain people. But um, I mean, wow, what what a blockbuster lineup of, of people you've worked with. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you start with a Carrie Anderson <laughs> and there's no, you cannot be mentored again by anybody less than, than that. So yeah, if you I mean, start that, with Carrie and you s surround yourself, you're in good hands. It definitely helps your, your lineage. And I, you know, just knowing, knowing you, Trish, you, you're definitely paying it forward and you're, you're lifting others up the same way Carrie lifted you. So, um, that's just Absolutely. how, how fitness works. We pay it forward, right? Yes. And there's so much room for new talent and I'm just, so every time I get a new gifted person in front of me, I, I'm more delighted than ever because I'm just, I'm, I think we're at this really big turning point where we get to grow as an industry and we need every new person that walks in and is ready to commit to this as a career. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been, it's been kind of a, a painful learning year, but um, I, I think we're going to come out the better for it. And so, um, you know, revisiting this whole idea of, you know, rewinding to last March when the world got locked down in pandemic mode here, here you were, an experienced leader who's taught fitness workshops worldwide for, you know, almost 30 years. 
and you found yourself delivering your first ever live stream broadcast of a group exercise class. So new territory for you. And I'm sure, you know, there were some uh, misgivings there. But, you know, walk me, walk me through, walk us through what, what that was like, what kind of thoughts went through your head, and what helped you to act so quickly and decisively? Well, there was a, a geographical advantage for me in a, in a bad way, in a good way. COVID hit in Washington state first. Remember, we were the state where the first known cases in the country. Really, the epicenter of the U.S. Yes. And so it actually, my mind was moving to where we're going to have to go early. And we had, at least on our schedule, we had probably 30 trainings coming up with three to 400 people ready. They've already paid to register. They've, they've done all these things and they wanted to get the education. And so when I knew the writing was on the wall, it was really my internal team. I, I have probably the, the smartest COO in the world that I work with, Stu Turner, and Kirsten Lockler, who is my right hand in, in, on the internal side. And we just said, it has to be done. And how can we live stream right away? How can we move all of these people expecting an in-person experience to be online together? How do we get the talent? So Leslie and Lauren and myself onboarded and ready to deliver the education live stream. You know, the first time you do live stream, it's a little, it's a little different. You're not, you're just staring at that black screen and, and talking all day. So we had to bring the pieces together quickly, but what happened in my case is there were two pieces that made it possible. A, we have a very small team at Savier. We're, we're, we're lean and mean. And so when Stu and I and our CEO, Jeff Toller, say yes, our internal team is magic. We have, we have four people really that activate internally to make it happen. And then we have one person who does all the technology. So just like, whew, let's go. If we're going to do something, we, we, we can act quickly. Where a lot of companies are so big, that's really hard to do within a day or two. Mm-hmm. So we were actually able to turn this over in three days. The second piece of it, going into it, wasn't just about can we pull this off. We had to put in front of our CEO the, the challenges of keeping people employed. And so what happened is our CEO said, we're going to figure out a way to keep the money in the pockets of the master trainers, even though they're not leading them. So why that's important is a, there's a mindset there, right? There's a, a mindset of, it's not just about our company surviving this super scary thing. It's that he knew that all 93 of our master trainers are the only way we come out of this whenever it happens. We didn't know it'd be a year, but he knew that going in. However, what happened is by compensating our master trainer team, they became the other half of the presentation. So what I mean by that is I'm leading the live stream along with Leslie and Lauren. The master trainers are sitting there as panelists, answering questions, providing feedback, giving people help that needed it, that maybe weren't processing. So it's almost like we had a master trainer team facilitating the content of the education and Lauren Leslie and I just had to show up and be the best we could be under the circumstances. So everything just kind of came together, but there were some really big decisions made 
um, internally that made a difference. And, and one was just the fact that Jeff says, yes, you know, Jeff says, if I say these, this team is important and, and I can show him the line between where they produce uh, revenue for us and, and, and why they're important to us as people, he says, yes. Um, so that was a huge piece of why it was successful because if it was just Lauren and Leslie and I surviving, or it was just Savvy or Fitness surviving, I'm not sure it would have made it March, April, May, June, July. And in that period of time from March to June, I think we certified just over 600 people. That's incredible. And we never changed our, we never changed, thank you. We never changed our price. We kept it all the same because the only way we could do it was not to undervalue the cost of our education, not to change that piece of it. Because if we were gonna compensate everyone, and, and, and give them the education and pay for our CECs and, you know, all of those things, we had to do it right. So it was really just an overwhelming experience. And I, I can say the first education looked very different from the one I'll teach this weekend, right? But these are polar opposites. Um, and then I also had a very strange mixed blessing, which is my cousin owns a company with robotic cameras. So... Hmm. He had this camera that he uses in hospitals to look in on patients, and I had that the first week. So if you can imagine everybody else teaching on Zoom the first time is like, is this thing working and look, you know, at the wrong angle and the wrong height. And I had a camera that was literally following me like we were having this natural dance. That's amazing. So that, that was a pretty big, pretty big blessing. Yeah. And is, is your, how's the pipeline for the company looking now? Are you still lined up to give training after training? We certainly were now in um, that phase of hybrid, right? So our whole business model this year is offering live stream. So we'll do that this weekend in February 6th, but also trying to start offering these in-person educations again. And it's happening finally, which is fabulous. We have a very strict internal policy about how many people can be in person, even if that state doesn't regulate it in the same way. So the challenge is where we used to have 10 to 30 people in an education, we now can only have roughly 10 to 15, depending on the size and space of that room, because we just feel like it's until we have herd immunity, we don't feel great about changing that. So um, that's we're, we're shifting quite a bit. We're also doing things we've never done before. So we're teaching two hour workshops with our creators and our master trainers. And we're, we're trying to create opportunities for people to engage with our brand on a much shorter time period. So what we've learned is that so many people are tired of being on Zoom for eight to 10 hours a day. So these eight hour certs are tough to digest. And, mm -hmm. and so what we're trying to do is give them little snippets. Our other big challenge is we desperately need our idea conferences. You know, the, the thing is, is what idea conference does for our brand or what other conferences also contribute for our brand as well, is that you guys allow us to sample content and education to see a, how does the market respond? That's right. important, right. but also, for people to sample our train of thought, how our creators and, you know, how does Mindy process hit training? And when somebody takes an education from Mindy, they may not know that Tabata Bootcamp 
is her program. But two weeks after attending IDEA, if they see a Tabata boot camp training and it's her, her education associated with it, we just gave them a really good sampling and then that leads them to signing up. So we really had to figure out a way to sample our education outside of fitness conferences. And that, that was a trying process for us. And so mm -hmm. we're really focused on that. And um, we've had, you know, there have been discussions and I think I'm sure ideas had this happen where there's just, everyone's like, why don't you just put on a fitness conference? <laughs> and I'm like, because I need the fitness conferences. So right. we need fitness conferences like IDEA and SCW and CanFit and AsiaFit. And we need all of them all of not them. to just survive next year. We need you guys to be thriving. So we're trying to figure out what the Band-Aid is until we can be back with all of you um, at these conferences, which is really um, our biggest marketing tool. Mm, gotcha. Um, well, it it sounds like, you know, you guys, you guys really figured it out quickly, and um, you know, ma maintained your business base, or you know, even did did better in the meantime. So, um, good on you guys for doing that. We're t we're trying. Um, I would just say, I won't be happy until I know I have ninety plus master trainers making good money again. And I know that gyms are able to support programming. So I feel like we've been able to survive and it may look like we're thriving, but until our whole team is able to get back to where they were a year ago, it doesn't feel quite as successful to me. Um, and the, until I can see clubs reach, you know, teaching programming and, and getting going again, it's not going to feel like, ah, oh, we survived. I still feel on edge, like is what's what shoe is going to fall. And so um, we're always adapting, I guess, is the right way to say it. Well, I, I guess if we look at it, you know, where were we in time and space last March versus where you are today and where you everything you've accomplished in the in the meantime and all everything you've learned, um, you, we've yeah. all come a long, long way. So absolutely. Trish, I wanted to uh, turn talk to this phenomenal article that you wrote for Fitness Journal about ramping up your Zoom, Zoom studio um, that is probably one of our most popular pieces of content in a very long time. I mean, it's just so many people have looked at it. So many people have commented on it. it it's very clear it struck a nerve. Um, and I, I know you, um, one of your goals um, you know, one of the things you wrote in the article was that your goal um, of, of creating a Zoom studio was to create the Disney experience for all class participants, whether they were at home, in the studio, or alternating between the two. Um, and so um, what, in, in your mind, what are the key components of delivering that kind of experience? Yeah. Okay. Well, first, I want to express something, which is that whole concept, it kind of, I think, came from you, by the way. <laughs> I taught the session, and then I think you're the one that said, I think we can put this into a pragmatic approach in an article that can really help people. And I think you're 100% correct in that we, it was timely. And I, I'm much like you, I'm sure. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting emails every day. I'm getting on Zoom calls with people trying to set up their mixers that I don't even know because I won't <laughs> say no. I mean, I, we've got to get people working. 
But so it was your idea. But I um, also borrowed the concept of the Disney experience from Mindy Millray, frankly. Uh, years ago, she taught me all about that. There was never a time, even in group fitness, when I teach my regular group fitness classes, that I walk in, you know, schlumpy and my bag is, you know, barely on my shoulder. And, you know, she really expressed to anybody she came in contact with that when somebody walks in your room, it should almost feel like they're walking into a club. <laughs> like when you went in, a, you know, in your 20s, it should feel like they're coming into an experience. And so what I discovered is that in watching endless content online, whether it be Peloton or SoulCycle or now Fitness Plus, what they've really done on a, on a really big level is created this start to finish experience. So the minute the camera comes on to the minute your video ends or your experience ends, there's never a moment of casualness to it. It is really a production, even though there's connection that those are two different things. So they've really done a great job at that. And what I wanted to do with that article and what I want to encourage independent instructors and and clubs who are going to video on demand um, platforms is to note that it's the same for you, whether you teach at the YMCA in Kansas or you teach it at Equinox in LA, every time somebody tunes into your workout, whether it's a live stream or, or a VOD experience, they need to be wowed. They need to know that they've come into something they couldn't get anywhere else. Most of the time, it's not just the content, it's the delivery. So how do, how do you bring those two things together? And it's a matter of A, never be working on your tech when they come on, first, you know, first and foremost. So if you're, if you're looking into the camera, can you hear me? And is the music too loud? And you know, all those things. If that's happening when everybody's in the room, you have sort of missed a whole part of the experience, which is, Hello, welcome. In fact, I just loaded a class today with Manuel Velasquez in New Me in Mexico. And when he turns on, when I say, are you ready for me to admit everyone? We hit admit and he's got music going and he's dancing. I'm literally dancing because he's con <laughs> contagious that way. You know, I could dance with him anytime. So he creates this moment where they see in their light, Oh, they've arrived. They've come to something special. And the reason that this Disney experience, it's not just about how they see it on first approach, but how are you communicating? How are you connecting? Are you speaking to a, a greater audience? Is your music good? Is your scenery good? You know, all those things have to be there in order for you to compete with all of this there's so much content out there that's really well executed and really well created. But what what the Pelotons and all the other programs can't do necessarily is speak to your audience at the YMCA in Kansas, right? They are connected to you as the instructor and they right. really like your workouts. So, so can you create an experience like a Peloton experience, but be that community connection for that instructor? So that's sort of the hope, I guess. Yeah, it's really about um, pre-thinking everything you're doing and, and sort of scripting it out in your head and just being ready, being professional, um, and and delivering that great experience. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. And I think that that's one thing that we have to start to look at for 
instructors who work for health clubs that now want them to live stream and teach in person. The amount of hours and work that go into teaching live stream are very different. And so maybe right now isn't the time to talk money with the health club <laughs> that's been closed for nine months in our case. But how can you show that club owner your value and help them understand what it takes to put good quality content out there for their members? And so just understanding that it's going to be different and you cannot get away with maybe what you would in person. The other thing I say is to every single instructor that asks me what to do in terms of content, if you're not teaching something that makes you happy to teach, like that really, when you're teaching it, if you're smiling, it's natural. You love the workout. You love the format. You love the process of teaching it. If, if you can't say yes to all of those things, don't teach it online and maybe don't teach it at all. But it, it really comes through on camera. You know, it's it's so funny. My stepdad asked me a couple days ago, he, he said, I take your bar classes now three times a week. And he said, you're always smiling. Why are you always smiling? And I'm like, what do you mean am I always smiling? Said, you're, you're always smiling. I'm like, I love what I do. That's it, it's not it's not even I don't have to hold it. It just comes as I do it. So right. I, I think that comes out more and more. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, for the the whole pay and professional professionalism issue and being prepared and, and you know, how to communicate that to a club owner, that's a, that's a whole article, that's a whole podcast, that's a whole panel session at Idea World. I mean, it's, it's yes. to tackle for another time. But um, yeah, it definitely is an issue that, that we as an industry need to... Um, come together and figure out. Yeah, for sure. What's what's great though, is even if clubs right now can't make the jump to pay or compensate at a higher rate, maybe they're, you know, at the very breaking edge of going bankrupt themselves. What's really been inspiring to watch is that instructors across the country and across the world have proven to their local health clubs and to their big chain health clubs how valuable they are. So even if you're, you know, know that, even if the compensation doesn't say it now, and we have to figure that out later, as you said, in many ways, even if they can't make that compensation work out right now, know that you're creating value and you're gonna be able to talk to that at some point. You're gonna be able to really speak to what you brought to the table at this really dark and tough time for, for these businesses. If you're looking for more idea content or want to learn more about membership or events, visit our website at ideafit.com. We also host the Listen and Learn CEC podcast, the fitness industry's first and only audible CEC program. Each episode contains information from our award-winning fitness journal that has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 certification agencies. You can subscribe to both the Idea Fit Pro Show and Idea Listen and Learn CEC podcast in the Apple Podcast Store and on other podcast platforms. Check the show notes for these details and for other resources mentioned in today's episode. This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. 
Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thanks for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place.